G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we love to touch base with the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan Flynn is the Chief Political Officer at the ACL. Dan is back with us. Hi, Dan. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. Great to be with you. Dan, uh, before we get into some of the agenda, of course, uh, the news everywhere is talking about the Victorian government's roadmap out of the extreme lockdown. Our hearts go out to our listeners in Victoria. We are all in this together. Uh, Any thoughts on Dan Andrews and uh, his announcement over the weekend? Well, it's been a phenomenal weekend, Neil. You know, sort of the prelude being the uh, arrest of a young mum, Zoe, in Ballarat, the uh, town of my birth, and then uh, a protest in Melbourne on Saturday and then an announcement yesterday about um, extending stage four restrictions and uh, some new rules that will come into place at the end of that two-week period. So, um, look, I suppose you have to say this overall, Neil, the numbers are coming down. Um, they're at the peak of this uh, outbreak in Victoria, there were some 700 cases a day. It's now down to about 70. So you've got to give the Premier that. Um, there is, um, uh, though, great uh, morale concerns in Victoria, uh, whereby uh, people simply can't get out. They're confined. That's going to continue. That's very troubling for people's mental health. Uh, no wonder they want to protest. You know, when you watch uh, Dan Andrews delivering long press conferences every day, in some sense, it starts to sound very much the same, uh, only the numbers change. I wonder what whether you've got any thoughts on the idea that epidemiologists and economists alike want to see more of the data that's driving the government's decisions in Victoria. Any thoughts around that? Look, they do. They're asking for it, and you know, they're they're uh, this must be performed by the best expertise, and that the data is very, very important. Uh, so, look, let's let's see how this goes. Um, the roadmap seems very difficult. I understand that the Prime Minister uh, spent last night reviewing this, as he said he would, um, and it'll be interesting to see what um, the Prime Minister could do about the uh, the Premier's roadmap. Uh, but um, the concerns are that the restrictions are going to be too restrictive and really um, uh, block that economy. I think you'd have to compare it with New South Wales, which has a caseload, which it manages, but people are you know, getting on with their business. The other thing that is um, evident to people is that the deaths that are recorded, uh, sadly, are generally of people in their 80s and 90s. So we must protect those people. I suppose you'd ask the question whether it's necessary to lock up everybody else. Uh, I think that uh, needs a lot lot more work by the relevant experts. These are hard issues. There are no simple answers. Hey, Dan, let's move on. There's a fair bit on the agenda and uh, sad news out of Victoria with one year anniversary. Uh, It's been 12 months since those assisted suicide laws came into force. 
And uh, the statistics are pretty telling here uh, just how dreadful this is and how much of a sad story this is. Ten times the expected number of people dying with those assisted suicide laws. Uh, What are your thoughts around that? The culture of death has definitely, um, you know, taken taken some grip here in Victoria. Um, uh, the Minister Jenny Makarkos uh, assured us that there would be about a dozen deaths. That's how we were told. That I was very heavily involved in the debate there, and uh, as a lobbyist in the Victorian Parliament, um, it's actually ten times that, some 124 deaths. And bear in mind that when this was legalised in the state of Oregon in the United States, um, it took them 17 years to get to the same point where there were 124 people taking their lives. So you've got um, a high percentage of people who are actually, um, you know, being euthanised by doctors, uh, being actually given uh, lethal injections. Uh, I think it's about 20% of those people. The others are taking their own lives. Uh, So it's completely unacceptable and the other states that are considering this, in particular Tasmania at the moment, uh, ought to be greatly warned by this and their members of parliament um, ought to um, stop going down the path they appear to be going down um, in a couple of weeks' time. Yes, just let's pause just for a moment here to reflect on this, Dan, because in the very first year of this legislation that comes into force, assisted suicide laws, and a 10 times figure, uh, more uh, people dying than had been forecast. And as you say, uh, in American states, uh, it's taken an awful long time to get to that level. That is a disturbing thing, isn't it? And uh, what it just seems to show is that uh, what's happening in Victoria, uh, as bad as that is, as you say, the Tasmanian Parliament now considering this sort of legislation and being even more radical, you might anticipate that all sorts of things uh, are likely to accelerate in Tasmania too. What are your thoughts on the Tasmanian legislation? Look, it's a cause for great prayer, Neil, because... Uh, Mike Gaffney's bill there in Tasmania is a lot looser in its guidelines. Uh, anybody who's anticipating uh, this type of suffering can access euthanasia. Um, and, you know, so the idea, there's no 12-month or 6-month um, time limit of when you're expecting to die. In Victoria, it's basically 6 months of when you're expected to die. You can access it within that window. There is no window in Tasmania. Uh, so uh, Mike Gaffney and those uh, who support euthanasia since they have the numbers in the upper house and the lower house so they've gone for a very wide bill very loose bill uh, that is actually quite difficult to stop um, we're encouraging doctors uh, who uh, are experts in this field to get on the phone to ring the 15 members of the upper house in Tasmania uh, and if uh, they're persuaded uh, this could be stopped it's a very small upper house uh, if it sails through the upper house, it'll be very difficult to resist in a lower house. Uh, So these are challenges we're deeply engaged in at the moment. Well, uh, honour to uh, Archbishop Julian Porteous in Tasmania because he's been outspoken. He's calling for the bill to be investigated by a parliamentary inquiry. Uh, Is his call likely to carry much weight, do you think? I hope so. Uh, There's no election uh, imminent in Tasmania and that's uh, that electoral imperative is not there. Um, Archbishop Julian Porteous is famous as a free speech warrior. I certainly hope it'll make a difference. Uh, there, there are tens of thousands of Catholics 
uh, in Tasmania, and he's a strong leader. So let's hope that makes a difference. It's a good intervention. Uh, Good seeing church leaders being outspoken and calling for deeper investigations when they're concerned about the way things are going. Something similar happening in New South Wales where Mark Latham, MLC's bill to prioritise religious freedom in schools, it's drawn support from Sydney Anglicans as well as the Association of Independent Schools and the Peak Christian Schools Group. Uh, There's a lot of protest that's happening there. What are your thoughts around that, Dan? I think, you know, your listeners will be intrigued. You know, here's Mark Latham, who um, definitely does not uh, profess to be a Christian, uh, but who has put forward a very clear-sighted, simple bill to protect statements of faith made outside of the workplace and to to protect Christian organisations. The federal government has, has had a go at this. They haven't got the bill over the line at this point, but it's incredibly complex and difficult. This is a, a simple bill prepared by a backbencher without really any resources um, who has put together a very clear bill. No wonder it's drawn the support. It would protect anybody who makes a statement outside of their workplace that's not um, you know, insulting or abusive in any way, but um, it's a statement of their faith. Um, the concern here, of course, Neil, is that now people in workplaces, they're not so much worried about whether they're competent at their work, they're worried about their their opinions. And what if their opinions on religion or faith or gender, what if they get known in the workplace? Uh, then, then they won't be able to climb the ladder of promotion. So the, the fear that people have about their, uh, their thoughts, their faith being known, um, Mark Latham is doing a great piece of work there to protect that. Um, it's amazing that God raises up people like Mark Latham, who's a, who's a, a terrific intellect, and thank God that you know the independent schools and, and the Sydney Anglians have got behind him. Uh, great to see. Lots of issues, Dan. Let's go back across Bass Strait uh, to Tasmania again, where a Liberal senator in Tasmania, Claire Chandler, is in hot water for defending women and girls' rights to compete in sport against their own gender, and not men and boys claiming to be female. Uh, what are your thoughts around what uh, is happening uh, in Tasmania? Claire Chandler is a, a new senator. She's 28. Uh, she is a great voice for women in sport. Um, she doesn't approach this from a religious perspective, but simply makes the proposition that um, biological men should not be competing in women's sport, should not be in women's change rooms, uh, all good stuff that um, you know uh, parents across Australia would fundamentally agree with. Um, for writing this in an editorial uh, in the Mercury in Tasmania, uh, she has now been in receipt of a complaint and been summoned by the Anti-Discrimination Commissioner in Tasmania to a compulsory mediation session with the complainant. So she's now got a letter. She's basically, they've tried to silence her. And that's because, Neil, Tasmania has such a low threshold for this. Their relevant section in the Anti-Discrimination Act says if you offend somebody based on their sexual orientation... That's an offence. That's such a low bar. Someone's an offence, which is easy to do, um, at a statement like this that um, uh, women's sports should be restricted to the female sex, and now there's a, there's a court case. So this is chilling, and the risk here is this will no doubt uh, have an effect, or the desired effect would be, to silence every Tasmanian. 
who would speak up about the truth on gender. And uh, the threshold being so low, uh, it, it has a chilling effect. So good on uh, Senator Claire Chandler. Um, I've spoken to her about this. She's deeply committed. Uh, she has pushed hard in parliamentary inquiries with Sports Australia, asking them what is their definition of a woman. Uh, said, well, we'll have to take that question on notice. They came back weeks later in a written answer and said, we have no definition uh, for the word woman. Uh, this is Sports Australia, who's running, you know, kids' sports uh, and sports right across the country. Uh, very concerning. Uh, thank God for this senator, uh, who's been raised up to take on this issue. Okay, Sports Australia has no definition of what is a woman, and uh, let's hope disturbing. some common sense can prevail. As you say, it is disturbing. Hey, I spoke to uh, your counterpart in WA just a week or two ago, Peter Abetz, and we were talking about yes. Christmas, the Christmas nativity being cancelled in Perth. And uh, what a response we got from listeners, a huge number of people uh, that were uh, talking through those sorts of issues and making their comments on a post that we had. Some good news from WA, Dan, uh, where there's a bit of a glimmer of hope through the candidates in Perth's mayoral election that's coming up in October uh, that the Christmas nativity might be resurrected this Christmas. What are your? Uh, what do you understand about what's what's happening? Look, there's Peter Betts is um, a wonderful lobbyist. He was a former member of Parliament in the Western Australian Parliament. Uh, he is, of course, the brother of Senator Erica Betts. So uh, politics is very much in the family. Um, he has uh, addressed the issue that uh, the commissioners cancelled the nativity event. Uh, they are. Uh, putting something back on there, saying, look, um, we'll have some carols. But quite frankly, the nativity event is still cancelled. Now, um, by excellent work by our supporters and by Peter Abetz, those who are running for mayor, um, I think most of them have agreed, well, if they get elected, uh, we'll put this nativity uh, play back on. It's been going for 10 years, a very, very uh, wonderful event. Uh, obviously, uh, radiates the spirit of Christmas. Uh, Mums and dads, children love it, and uh, uh, Peter Abetz and the our Western Australian supporters will keep pushing on this. Um, it, as you say, it has national interest. When nativity play can be cancelled in Western Australia, it can be cancelled anywhere. We've got to fight this battle. And an important thing here happening, and I'm just connecting this with a conversation that's coming after we farewell you, Dan, this morning, because you would have heard in my yes. introduction that we're going to be talking about Christians. Uh, you know, we're Christians sure, and terrific. we vote. And this particular story about what's going on in Perth, as you say, there are a number of mayoral candidates, and uh, and you're saying the glimmer of hope now is that these mayoral candidates are coming on side saying we we do want the Christmas nativity. So there is a certain pressure that comes when there is an outcry uh, from those things that are not common sense, those things that do away with our traditions, and uh, gives us this opportunity to speak. And then those who are in a position where they're candidates and will likely be one of them will be elected, uh, they'll they'll take that to the uh, to their their newfound responsibility and they'll legislate that way. So uh, there is it's worthwhile, isn't it, for speak Christians to speak out when these sorts of things happen. It's one hundred percent worthwhile and it works. Uh, and I know you've, your program coming up will address these issues. Um, and we've got elect elections in a number of key areas that you mentioned earlier: uh, the ACT election, seventeenth of October, uh, uh, Queensland election, thirty first of October. 
Another key element to this is that pre-polling for Queensland, for example, starts on the 10th of October. And because of COVID, probably 70% of people will vote between the 10th of October and before polling day on the 31st. So it's important to speak early, um, speak often with these candidates about your concerns. Uh, This is a participatory democracy where your individual listeners, um, they have a phone, they can contact their candidates and make their views known. It's so important. Well, Dan, always good getting an update on these issues with you and uh, just outstanding clarity again from you once again. And thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with listeners. Dan Flynn is the Chief Political Officer with the Australian Christian Lobby. I always point people to the ACL website, Australian Christian Lobby, because there's lots of great resources. Uh, There's always pre-election surveys, and so you can see what parties and what candidates are standing for, uh, always very clear and so, so informative. And there'll be a lot of that coming with the ACT election and with the Queensland state election coming up. Let me point listeners to acl.org.au, the Australian Christian Lobby, acl.org.au. Dan Flynn, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. That's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.